Welcome to The Top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Here comes the man who has toured Joint Chiefs of Staff, launched nuclear missiles, and reported to Ross Perot, CCAR's 2020 President David Long, and communications extraordinaire, Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. Hi, David. Hey, Jonna. Welcome to the top. I'm happy to be here. So, David, you've served as a member of Texas Realtors Professional Standards Committee this past year. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Um, Did you participate in any of the discussion leading up to the most recent code of ethics changes? I didn't respond, uh, but I read most of the comments uh, back and forth. They were very good comments, you know, good questions, good answers. Uh, Lee and uh, a couple of the other people on the head up the committees and so on had very reasoned answers in, as to why they did why they were making the changes. Very good. Well, so ultimately on November 13th, NAR's board of directors strengthened Realtors' commitment to uphold fair housing ideals. They approved a series of recommendations from NAR's Professional Standards Committee, and these recommendations extend the application of Article 10 of the Code of Ethics to include discriminatory speech and conduct outside of members' real estate practices. I know the decision was not made lightly. I am proud of the stand our industry has taken against hate speech and hate in general. I agree, David. And so today we're going to learn more about the thought behind the decision and how it will be applied. We're going to speak with Lee York. Lee is a 2020 chair of NAR's Professional Standards Interpretations and Procedures Advisory Board. Hi, Lee. Hi, David. So, Lee, can you tell us about your involvement in the process and the decision to expand Article 10 of the Realtor Code of Ethics? Yeah, absolutely. In 2019, I chaired the Professional Standards Committee for NAR. So, that meant that in 2020, I chaired the advisory board. And the, the advisory board is the group that really gets into the weeds, does all the vetting and research and, you know, all of that discussion that goes into not only the Code of Ethics itself, but the enforcement of the Code of Ethics and some NAR policies surrounding that. And so the, the advisory board does all of that, and then they make recommendations to the full committee, and the full committee you know, does what they choose with that information. So as chair this year, I was right in the middle of all of those discussions that led to the the changes that we just made, including the new standard of practice under Article 10. Right. Now, uh, Lee, would you tell us a little bit about all the vetting that was done? I mean, I was, I'm on the hub, I'm on the NAR board of directors. So I followed all, a lot of the conversations that were going on and it I thought it was great the way you guys put out the information about two weeks or so before the board of directors so you could have all that discussion. But it was also mentioned all the betting that was done by legal and other people all across the country before you even uh, put the final package together. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to talk about it. It was, it was a huge project. And, you know, I would like to say it's not something that came about – as quickly as many people feel like, right? So I've been on that advisory board for four years. And every year we have had, you know, the occasional complaint. We get a steady stream of complaints of, that I refer to as just, you know, realtors behaving badly and things that the code doesn't cover. You know, like 
stealing each other's signs, things like that. But, you know, occasionally, maybe once or twice a year, some of those things would have to do with things that would likely lead to discrimination. So it, it was already on our radar, but because of policy statement 29, we couldn't really do anything about it unless it was something that was a part of a real estate activity, right? So Article 10 is what we always refer to as fair housing. And in the past, you know, like last year, if in a transaction you, you know, were to share some hate speech or some harassing language in that transaction that, um, you know, reflected discrimination, then Article 10 already covered that. The change, though, would, you know, when we were considering it, we knew the change would mean that it would cover it whether you were in a transaction or not. So, obviously, we had to put a lot of thought into that. There are 17 people on that advisory board, and they are truly some of the brightest minds in professional standards. I mean, we have people that have 30 or more years experience, and we've got instructors and staff people, and I want to say three attorneys that are, you know, realtor attorneys. Plus, we had our staff attorney that's our liaison, and then in addition to that, the general counsel for NAR sat in on most of our meetings. So we had, you know, all of that legal mind assistance as we were going through the process. And literally, our job is to go down those rabbit holes. You know, we would have an idea and we'd say, well, what if, and go down that rabbit hole and it would lead us somewhere else. And it was just important to do all of that. When it was all done after, um, well, and I, I neglected to say we were having this complaint. In 19, those complaints went up exponentially. And then in 20, from January 1st of 20 to the end of October, the complaint that NAR was receiving on this kind of stuff went up 9,000% over 2019. And that's just NAR. We have no idea you know, what the locals and the states were hearing. Um, you know, they don't keep track of those things because at the time, the code doesn't cover, didn't cover them. There was nothing they could do about it. So we know that the problem was getting worse instead of better. So, so that's what led us to go through this process. Also in June, the leadership team for NAR was looking at having some kind of a panel, some kind of a meeting to talk about the situation and, and things that we were seeing in society, you know, as to, you know, maybe what can we do about it. And we had a, actually our chairperson for professional standards, Matt Defonis, had a conversation with them and they decided to have that panel discussion with some select staff and then local presidents and the professional standards committee. So we had a panel and we had some of our members share their experiences of discrimination and how it affected the consumer. And so that's where the, I'm going to say, you know, like the, the realtor public knowledge of what we were doing, you know, that's when everybody realized we were going to be working on something. 
and and it is when we got you know in I would say more of a rush you know like we I don't think we met any more than we would have anyway we just did it in a shorter amount of time right because we we met every week almost all summer to to work on this project that was a really long answer because we did a whole lot (laughs) you know (laughs) it was a great answer so uh leading up to the uh, board of directors meeting and the vote with all the discussion that had gone on, and you were having a big part of that, and Matt was, and uh, Bruce was, and so on. Yeah. How do you think the result, the vote result was? Did it turn well, out the way, way you expected? Yeah, it did. And and it, it, I, I love, David, that you're the president this year, and you're the one I'm talking to, because I know that you understand the professional standards process and, and how it actually works. But we have to remember that that's just one lane of NAR membership, right? And so we have really active, intelligent members on the national level that have no experience with professional standards and they don't really know how the process works. So in all of that talk on the hub, there was nobody that was against the goal, right? Everybody wanted us to do something about you know, this, this, this hate speech and, and harassment that we're seeing, everybody wanted us to do something about it, but because they didn't understand the processes, they didn't really know if we were making the right decision about how to do it. So that, I, I believe, is where those negative comments and concerns came from. But as more and more people who understand the process spoke up, they started to get more comfortable with it. I know from my perspective, when you all first put out the information and all of it, and I read through it, my first concern was, okay, if I'm on a um, an ethics panel and this is the subject, will I be able to make a um, credible decision on how I should rule? And so as reading, as I read through the comments back and forth, and I know how the process works here in Texas, I came to the conclusion. Yeah. I came to the conclusion that I would be able to, and so uh, that that was my concern yeah, initially. Sure, and I respect you for that, and I think that reflects a number of the professional standards volunteers. Right? I mean, obviously, there's a concern with anything we do in the code of ethics that it will be used for you know, evil instead of good, someone will weaponize it, you know. Um, but our volunteers are so dedicated, and, and like you, their concern is that they get it right. So knowing that gives us confidence that, you know, obviously with a little bit of training, I believe that our volunteers are going to get it right. I have faith in them. So, Lee, do you think this will change anything for the majority of Realtors? No, I don't. I think that most of our membership is, you know, they're when they get online and when they're out in public, they're aware that they're a business person. And they, most of them, I think, are respectful of what they say and they don't just, you know, fly off and, and, and say something that they can't take back. I hope that the people that will help 
are the people that have been, you know, abused and discriminated against up until this point and had no way to stand up for themselves. And I don't think it's the majority of realtors that were doing that. But, you know, it's like when you're a kid and you're in school and one person's picking on you, it can feel like the world. And, and that's, not, that's not fair to our members. You know, none, none of our members nor their clients should have to experience that. So I, I feel really good about what we've done. I think you did a great job. And hopefully, people that may have been guilty of this, it will make them think twice. It may not change their heart, but maybe it'll make them think twice about what they put out. Yeah. Now, Lee, how will the new guidelines be enforced? You know what? The same way that the guidelines around the Code of Ethics have always been enforced. You know, we're not out there looking for new cases, right? You know, I mean, NAR doesn't have somebody that, you know, policing the internet. That, that's just not how it works. The way they're enforced is that if someone, you know, says or does something and someone else feels like it is discriminatory, you know, and that it may be hate speech, epithets, slurs, or harassment, then, you know, they can file a complaint. And when they file that complaint, it will go, well, first of all, they're also, they're offered ombudsman first, right? They don't even have to file a complaint that, you know, they can have the opportunity to, to talk it out and, you know, see what they think after, after they have a conversation with someone who can help them have that conversation, you know, is ombudsman. So they can do that first and they file a complaint. The complaint always goes to grievance and the grievance committee looks at it and determines you know, if everything that they're saying is true, is it even possible that there's a violation? And so the grievance committee is going to have to look at, one, does it meet the definition of hate speech, harassing speech, epithets, or slurs? And if it does, then the second question is, is it directed against the protected class? And that's just the nine protected classes that we have in our code, right? And if the answer to that is yet, then they'll forward it to a hearing. At the hearing, the panel is going to hear both sides of the story, you know, all the testimony, look at any documentation. You know, I mean, they're going to look at everything and, you know, hopefully put that into perspective and to concept. And they'll ask themselves those same two questions. And if both of those questions are yes, then they're going to be asking themselves, does this indicate a plan to discriminate? So if I am, you know, if I'm a reasonable person and I see this, do I feel like someone of that protected class would get equal professional services, right? And, and it's not just one person determining reasonable, it's that whole panel. Right. And then, of course, there's also the appeal process and all right. that. And I just thought of something else, uh, part of the vote, and you might, you might comment on this as well, there was discussion on this, was whether these changes became effective immediately, November 13th, or if they waited till January to become effective. Could you comment on as to why you chose effective immediately? Sure. When we, in the advisory board, when we said effective immediately, that was back in July, and at that point we had no idea how long the process would take. You know, I mean, we were thinking 
that it could be something that could possibly happen in August, right? Because um, the had everything been ready in August, the leadership team has the right to go ahead and make it rule. It's not something that absolutely had to have a vote of the directors. We just ended up putting it before the directors because it was so close to the board meeting. Why not? Right. Why not let them go through this process? So that's why we said immediately when we realized it was going to the board of directors meeting, we did have discussion about removing that effective immediately language because we thought if, if we don't say that, then it automatically goes into January 1 and it's only 45 days. Right. But the full committee, the professional standards committee, and by the way, they're the second largest committee at NAR. There's 127 of them. They unanimously said, absolutely not. There is no reason to give anybody an additional 45 days that they can go out and get this kind of language out of their system. There's plenty of time to train. Even you know, if we pass it immediately and a complaint is filed you know, the next day, it's still going to be January before that's heard. So people will be trained. This will work. And, and we, we want to make a statement. Um, it went before executive board, and they said the same thing. So what came before the board of directors was effective immediately. And they had some discussion and talked about it and ended up deciding the same thing, that it should be effective immediately. Well, the Code of Ethics uh, relies on members of our industry holding each other accountable to abide by the Realtor Code of Ethics. I have heard, and I agree, that there are not enough complaints filed. With the exception of a local, state, or federal law violation, we are a self-policing industry. I've heard your comments on that in the past. Any comments today? Well, I wonder what I said when you heard me, <laughs> but I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm saying now and we can say, we can see if I've evolved or not. Yeah. I do think that it's important for us to police each other and to file complaints when necessary. I don't think that filing complaints is the only way to police each other. I think when we see something, I don't know, to me, it often depends on how egregious is it. And, and number one, has a consumer been harmed? Because if the consumer's been harmed, I have a whole lot less patience. And, and that may not be fair, but it's, you know, it, it's how I feel. But when I see something, I really like to, you know, reach out to that agent or their broker, whichever seems more appropriate, and, and have a conversation. Because most people don't intentionally violate the code. It's an accident. They didn't know the rule or they didn't, they only thought about it from one side. They didn't think about it from the other. And, and we know that the code, the point of the code is to level the playing field, you know. And so if you're only thinking about one side, that's, that's not level. So, yeah, I like to see that initial reach out. But if I reach out and I keep seeing that bad behavior, you know, I see it again, same thing then, yeah, I'm going to file a complaint and let it go through the process. You know, obviously they didn't listen to me or maybe I'm wrong and I'll learn something through that process. Yeah, that's pretty much how I heard you say it last time. 
Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Now, I, I've seen and I'm signed up for some that there's going to be a great deal of training education on Article 10 change and so on, both from NAR and uh, from Texas Realtors. And I know you're involved in some of that. NAR is doing monthly hour-long webinars. And you can, if you didn't get that email, you can go to nar.realtor and just look up professional standards training. And I'm sure, I'm sure that it will come up. Well, Lee, thank you so much for taking time today to speak with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to do it. We got to get the word out. Thanks for having me. For those listening, thanks for hanging out with us. And be sure to subscribe to Welcome to the Top wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to review to let us know how we are doing. If you have a question or topic you want us to talk about, we want to hear it. Email us at ask at welcometothetop.com and then listen to hear us cover it. Yes, we can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening. And until next time, don't forget to call before showing. Special thanks to our host, Jonna Fernandez and David Long. Our audio engineer, Garrett Holton. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. Podcast administrator, Sean Offsall. And producer, Bree Westbury. Tune in next time and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.